don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. There's been way, there is way too much talk going on about these connections to China, especially when people are talking about the president or political parties. And people are just either going for it, like they're trying to get even for the Trump-Russia thing, or they're defending it because they're that party. They're not looking at anything else. They have, there's actually nothing new going on. That's the, that's the best part. This has been going on for like, we're getting close to 30 years now. We fought in the global war on terrorism for two decades. There's people who fought in that war whose children fought in that war. What do you think China was doing during that time? That's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna talk to you about Chinese espionage strategy, how they operate, why it's different, and why some things, I'll say appeared, but didn't escalate, because here's the thing. You can't escalate when you're doing less. When you're doing less, more and more, it's not called an escalation. So that's what we're going to talk about. Chinese espionage strategy right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight. Well, as we previously discussed, we, we know that it happened. Xiao Zichu. I think that's how you say his name. I love Chinese names. I kind of wish I learned to speak that language. So he's the guy who's the CEO, president, whatever, TikTok, who did testify in front of Congress about TikTok. And the thing is, what we need to understand here is, I guess, here's a better way to put it. The American people, especially the talking heads, need to accept the fact that the sheer amount of espionage that China has been using against the West is beyond comprehension of most people. Like they have no idea. Our own intelligence community didn't even appreciate it for many, many years. See, when you have something like a war, like we've talked about Ukraine recently, one of the things you do is direct more attention that way. Right, so just like Russia's moved military assets to Ukraine because they needed to focus on that war. Right, remember that war's been going on since like 2014 or something. Okay, so that wasn't that invasion was just a large operation. The war was already happening. So what what do we do? Well, you know, like less than two dozen dudes with box cutters and razor blades glued into toothpaste toothbrushes or whatever whatever the hell they had changed the world and we went after them and fought the global war on terror starting in Afghanistan went into Iraq Syria was well known but long before then we were fighting in Yemen and 
several countries in Africa, Libya, Somalia, all other kinds of places down there, the Philippines, and other countries around the world, hunting terrorists. Even back when people didn't know any other names but Al-Qaeda, even soldiers over there that were fighting groups like Ansar al-Sunnah or Ansar Islam that AQI hadn't developed yet, and they only knew Al-Qaeda. We were already going after anybody that was a terrorist. And we had to focus a lot of assets in order to do that, which means you reprioritize. Think about this Chinese blue thing, remember? So Bloom comes across, we know it's an intelligence collection platform. It gets thrown on TikTok or Twitter or whatever, so now it gets talked about. So what happens? Even though we know that those things happen all the time, which they eventually come out and said, just as I told you they would, and that we invest billions of dollars in that, it's like, hey, okay, it's getting close enough, people can see it. At a minimum, they said that. Let's divert some assets, find out what's going on. We find a couple others. One happens to be a ham radio balloon for ham radio club we shoot down, and the other one got shot down in Alaska, which I never did look to see when they recovered it and what they found or if they even had recovered yet or what they said about it, if anything, but I'm sure it was probably another one. Maybe it wasn't. But assets get directed, so many so, for two decades. We were consumed with fighting the war on terror to the point that even if you could argue we weren't consumed anymore, which we really were, our entire attention was focused on it as that was our national priority. And we just were doing less in certain areas in order to do more there. And some of that had to do with seeing what other countries were doing all the time. See, in China, they have this saying. I learned about this a long time ago, but it's uh, the idea of it. It's kind of funny, too. It's one of those things like in a movie where they say like four words and it means like 10 paragraphs almost. You know, one of those crazy things. Or like in the comedy, they guy delivers like two minutes of a foreign language and the guy looks at him he says yes but it's this like four or five word statement but what it means is when you see your enemy over there fighting a fire you want to go to the other side of the river and watch from a safe distance and only when your enemy is exhausted are you going to cross back over and take advantage of him what doesn't necessarily mean kill him and that's what they did See, they declared more than once, but I think it was way back in the late 90s, something about, I don't remember the phrases, but it was the same as we're doing an all-out espionage war. We're going after the West, the West, and the West primarily means typically, while the European Union can be considered part of the West, usually is, they're talking about the United States, Australia, and then Great Britain. For them, it's mostly United States, Australia, and probably Canada. That's why most things I've ever talked about, you ever see about Chinese espionage has to do with United States, Australia, and Canada in that order and all the things we're seeing now. Plus, they said they wanted to basically supersede the United States as a world power. So this idea that they're coming after us and constrained us, that's already happened. It's happened or it's about as complete as it can get. And then they just have to maintain it. Now they're moving after supplanting us as a world power. For example... People talk about, I still hear people talk about, well, the dollar is the world reserve currency. And here's what the dollar is not the world reserve currency. If you didn't know it, you need to look that up. There's like six of them now. The dollar is still one of them. But the yen, the pound sterling, uh, whatever, the whoever has the yen, Japan has the yen. So what the yuan, the Chinese yuan, that's uh, the, I think the, the euro dollar, whatever it is, might be one of them. Okay. It's not just the dollar anymore. They already started making the moves. To surpasses what i am telling you right now isn't to pick sides in politics and tell you how ludicrous it is people talk about these chinese connections to the president okay because it is i'm going to tell you that 
if President Trump had been reelected, this would be happening right now, would not be happening any less. There's nothing he can do about it because it's so ingrained and so far past any one man trying to play president could ever affect. And the only real difference you might see is you might see Democrats instead of Republicans going, well, the Russia thing didn't work out for us, so now we're going to talk about Chinese connections. That's all you'd see that was different. This would still be happening. Okay, That's not what this is about. This is actually about understanding all these things you hear about China. And some of them are fear porn. They're not wrong, which doesn't mean they're right. They're on the right track, but they're fear porn in the sense like they're preaching like it's in the end of the world, not understanding this stuff takes decades. But this is about understanding why that came about. How did we get to where we are now? Because this didn't start last week. You remember, 20 years in the war on terror. Okay, so we back out of that. Look at the timeline on this. As we're drawing down, whether we've announced we're coming out of Afghanistan or not, the drawdown was noticeable. People like me knew we were drawing down. Like, it's, it's inevitable that we're leaving, even though the president had talked about it, President Trump. When that starts to happen, things like intelligence assets, because that's what we're focused on, start shifting back to normal everyday priorities, paying more attention to other things. And through all these different things, we started seeing more things in the news, like, why are Chinese spies getting caught? I think that was the title of one of my podcasts. Which I think, I don't remember if I talked much about this aspect of it, but I did quite a bit because they were doing so much. They've done so much that they aren't as prepared in some areas as they could be and they were screwing up. Whereas in other areas, they're highly successful, especially when it comes to signals intelligence type stuff and cyber type stuff. But they were also getting caught because we're able to focus more on that stuff. And we started booting them out of the United States, right? Not all of them, just the ones we could get. I started telling you, I remember when I was doing espionage news, all those espionage and the new ones, I don't know if it's all of them, but to my memory, I did ones that were like old that had to do with, you know, like something with the KGB and the cold war, something like that. The ones that I did were current. One was about some Naval uh, officer, I think for Italy or something like that. The rest were China. Okay. I had other options, but it was to get people to start paying attention to this is a thing and understand how wide reaching these efforts are. So let's take a look and see how big is it really? Or perhaps I should say, how capable is it? At 2005, the Ministry of State Security, which is China's intelligence service, their CIA, declared, <laughs> they literally declared all at war against the intelligence of the West and the CIA, the United States. And when they say CIA, a lot of the intelligence guys know there's other agencies, but most people, when they say CIA, they think CIA runs them all or they mean all of them. Like they may not have other phrases for that stuff, but they mean the whole community. And then it was sometime later. I don't remember. Was it 2012? I'm trying to think here. Somewhere in that time frame, there was a CIA station in Beijing and they took that thing apart. Like they destroyed it. By destroyed it, I don't mean they blew it up. They got officers kicked out. Assets and sources for the CIA were either killed and imprisoned, and there was dozens from what I was told. And I think that operation went for a couple of years. A couple of years leading up to it or a couple of years after it, they were wiping dudes out. Nobody really knows. Well, people know. Nobody's really said how it is they came about that information. Some have argued a mole. Some have said they've infiltrated communication networks. There was a guy working for CIA who actually worked China. I don't think he was actually in China. Maybe he was. But he was selling secrets to China. He goes to prison for like 20 years. He's in prison right now. 
Some people say, yeah, maybe it was him. Probably was. He would have access to that information. But that was the first major victory they had. At least it went public to most people. And then from there, they expand out and keep spreading across the West. A couple of important things to note, too. And this this might help add a little credence to TikTok and that idiot talking to Congress, our own idiots in Congress. But also understand some of the things because it's like people are trying. Most of the people that talk about this stuff that are really trying to look for the Biden connection, which is ridiculous, are trying to. It's like they're trying to feel out connections between commerce and trade and businesses, and maybe actual bad shit going on. But they think the actual bad shit's our president, and then they don't really dabble in that thing. They just go, "Well, China's buying real estate, and China has this, and China," and they don't get it. So. When it comes to intelligence in China, some things to note. Most countries in the world, and even countries that are not democracies, that are communists, their intelligence services have oversight and are accountable to elected bodies, elected representatives and officials like ours. Even those ours is part of the executive branch, like all the agencies, and they essentially answer to the president at the end of the day or directly work for the president. Because of the way we have the balance of powers and checks and balances, they are accountable to Congress and can be, right? Okay, China doesn't have that. Now, that doesn't mean you just go all willy-nilly crazy, but let's like take a look in another aspect, what can happen, what kind of successes you can happen when you essentially take the gloves off. Because when you remove that, you're taking the gloves off. In modern history, President Reagan comes close. He had a couple little skirmishes. He probably had a best chance. George Bush was willing to go to war. And while that worked out, it really wasn't attributed to him as much. And other things got him out of office. Clinton proved he wasn't going to do shit. Bush was willing to go, go to war and was arguably a good leader, but not a good commander in chief. President Obama, even if you're a Republican and like him as a president, was an outstanding commander in chief who took the gloves off. President Trump was an idiot. President Biden was just as bad. See, there was a time frame when he took the gloves off and basically said, kill terrorists. That's sure what it seemed like with some of our military commanders, especially in Afghanistan, which people are all about. But where we really began to appreciate it was in Syria. Because there was a time when ISIS was in the hundreds of thousands. And although we call them a terrorist organization, based on their structures and actions, they're arguably an army. Is really the way I describe them, and a lot of people do. But there was a time frame, especially in Syria, where a task force were killing like 50 dudes a day, 90 dudes a day, an insane number overall, on average, between everybody there. So you're talking a shitload of operators, tier one guys, some white soft tier two guys, and a few regular army dudes that are mostly there for support. And I'm just talking Syria. I'm not talking everywhere else. Although this was true everywhere else. And... What President Obama essentially said, translated to the common man, is go kill those fuckers. And so for like a year, year and a half, we were smoking dozens of dudes a day on average. This is why there was reports about ISIS and people arguing, well, are they 300? Are they 500? Are they 100,000? I don't think any of those numbers make sense because now they're saying there's only like 8,000 or, you know, 5,000 or 10. It's because we killed so many of them. Because when you're given that kind of freedom, you will go to work. That is to say... Don't think of Chinese intelligence as a bunch of willy-nilly children with a crayon box. These are professional intelligence officers that don't have certain constraints. And they went to work. 
this is not unlike our last presidential election. President Biden didn't get himself elected. The DNC got him elected. They went to work. That's what these intelligence officers did. And that's the way to look at it. Number two, and this is most important, by law, businesses in China are required to work with intelligence agencies. Think about the the nutshell craziness that went on for a while here. When we had one of the first times those guys from like Twitter, whoever the original owner was and that Facebook loser and whoever, Google, I don't know. Guys that go before Congress, I think they went before Congress, it was always talked about whether or not they were working with the FBI, whether or not they were working with intelligence agencies, privacy. That stuff does not exist in China. You need to look up social credit scores to see what that's. That does not exist. That stuff doesn't happen. They're required to work with. They are compelled. They don't have a choice. There's no such thing as, I don't fucking think so. So what does that mean? That means when it comes to commerce in China and around that area, trade, international trade, even over waterways, even to, let's say, I don't know, one of their biggest trading partners, which happens to be, oh, the United States, their number one adversary in their eyes that they're trying to supplant as a world power. That means the Ministry of State Security is essentially a business partner in world trade using every aspect. That's why, because I don't know what the, if the TikTok guy, talk guy is or not, but one of the things that's happened, this has happened many times, there's a few out there publicly you can probably find. I didn't look any up because obviously, like I've said, I don't have internet. I was just thinking about this. There's been plenty of Chinese businessmen, like legit businessmen, the guys that would go to a foreign country, negotiate deals, make trades, whatever. They, it could be world trade type stuff. It could just be stuff they normally do. We're selling new widgets. And guess what they turn out to be? Intelligence officers for the MSS or other organizations. They do things like offer lucrative deals. Not like a gold mine, more like a carrot on a stick. And it's like, yeah, I think we can go for that. And through the process of business negotiations and everything you do, information comes out, sometimes proprietary or intellectual properties, for example. And then they go to get their hands on them. Now, sometimes that can get passed off as negotiating tactic for buying a company or whatever, but a lot of times they're just other guys are there spying that weren't even with them when they showed up that they put in that business years before. And they obtain said information or property. So then they kill the deal and back out. They have the information or property. Then what do they do sometimes? Sometimes if it's a product, they go make it and sell it. Sometimes they even sell it back to the guys they stole it from and do whatever they need to do legally to sell it around the world or in this country and beat them to the punch. It's not because they're shrewd businessmen. It's because they're intelligence officers, and that's part of the game plan. This is why I've said one of the biggest things they go after is aerospace, but also maritime, computer technology, cyberspace. This is also why I mentioned TikTok and facial recognition, why I bring up Australia and all these other places that are having issues with security cameras. There are shit tons of security cameras in the United States in public use for businesses that you have been on. If you're listening to this podcast, you've been on those cameras. And your face has been documented somewhere for the use and development of emotional recognition and facial recognition by the Chinese Communist Party. Fact. Can't get around it. You know, and when Z came to power, Xi Xi, whatever his name is, when he came to power in like 2012, he didn't take the gloves off. Gloves were already off. That was policy. He just said, I dare you to go harder. This is why I bring up things like TikTok that have been in development long before we heard about them. And I bring up TikTok, but it's not. There are other apps like you remember one of the ones I did, one of the podcasts I did, I talked about LinkedIn and people that had written me and stuff I'd found on there. People that even contacted my profile. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but these people to me, well, I mean, it was very obvious. 
no matter what they said, they were intelligence officers for the MSS trying to gain information on stuff, especially aerospace, through LinkedIn contacts, recruiting sources if they could or getting intellectual property or whatever for this stuff. Because when they take that stuff from us, that technology from us, they put it into use. Like one of the things I mentioned about that balloon that went over was the probable capability of their surveillance platform. And I said, they're probably not doing this, but it's probably more like, I, could, I downplayed it a little bit based on what I knew their capabilities to be. And of course my information isn't all that current. Turns out they had some state-of-the-art stuff on there. I'll just say this, turns out they had some stuff on there with some capabilities of intercepting signals that, I don't know, might go as far as Apogee or outer space that satellites or our satellites can't detect. Types of technology and collection capabilities we were probably not aware that they had or could put into use as simply. We at least confirmed some stuff that made us wonder, which also says if they were doing that, whether it was said publicly or not, because I'm pretty sure that first part wasn't. When I said they're probably not uploading this stuff live and it's on a recording device like old spy planes, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I'm probably really wrong in that. That was probably uploaded live and they probably got all the data they wanted. And if you're wondering what the most important piece of information they have is, I kind of side with one of the podcasts I listen to on occasion, which is called Cleared Hot with Andy Stump, where he said he thinks because they flew over Montana near Cowspell, where they were built, built or were building at the time the new Black Rifle Coffee outpost, that they were trying to get the floor plan and these cool designs, which is a place I'm going to be drinking coffee later this year when I go visit it, which... Probably wasn't the best time to insert a joke, but I thought it was so, it was so funny. I thought, I decided to do this podcast now when I heard that yesterday. It was on an older show and I was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. And no, by the way, they're not, they weren't trying to find a way to drop nuclear bombs. Not with their technology. That's, that's, no. Now, one of the things I did find in some of my old notes, because I have one notebook with a bunch of random statements that I look through on occasion that were supposed to be compiled into their obvious categories for when I do podcasts. But here's a thing. In 2021... The FBI stated that a China-related investigation. Now, I want you to think about this. I don't know what it takes, but I imagine it's quite a lot. It's got to be pretty good to open an investigation, especially like that, like foreign. Now, granted, a lot of this is when they're using National Security Branch or whatever they're called now that does the actual intel stuff, which is their counterintelligence stuff, but still to open an investigation, right, in 2021... In that year, they were doing it every 12 hours, a separate, legitimate investigation to something related to China. Now, why I gave you those dates going back all to 2005, they started watching us from across the river when 9-11 happened and we said, fuck it, we're going to war, right? That's when they're like, here it is. Okay, they didn't go, oh, hey, did you guys notice they've been fighting that war in the Middle East and only focus on that for a few years? Let's declare war and do, that's not what happened. You remember back a long time ago, for those who listened to us, I talked about terrorist actions that were happening, especially in Europe. And I was like, God, I think I talked about that in here. I used to teach guys that when I was uh, training those intel dudes down in Fort Virginia. I was like, look, those terrorist cells are there. They are trained and they're ready to go do an attack. Their attack might be a bombing. It might be an IED. It might be a shooting. It might be all of the above. But they have a type of attack they're planned to do. And they have probably picked out targets and surveilled targets. And then they sit there and wait. That's what they do. They're just cells. And then something happens. So like, for example, even though we were in Syria, I think in like 2011, 2012, something like that, when we announced it publicly a couple years later, 
one of the first countries always on our back into anything is France. So France had announced, like, this is like a week apart, a week or two. It was close. It may have been a month, but it, was, it seemed like a week. Everybody was shutting down borders because of terrorists and stuff. And they're like, you know, no, man, it's cool. We're France. Come here. You know, and they, the cells were already there, but they're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll go there. So then, like, a week later, like, yeah, we're backing up America. We're sending naval power and launching sorties and <laughs> naval gunfire into Syria. And then what happened a few days later? They got fucked. They had that one, they had like three attacks in one night that started at the rock concert and also the restaurant somewhere else. They had like the Eiffel Tower got attacked. I think there was another one. That's the kind of thing that happened. So what did China do? That's why I said it was almost 30 years. There was a statement. I remember saying, I remember who this was. I was saying to somebody, I said, look, this idea, this was like, a, I was still living in Arizona so two years ago maybe, but it wasn't long before I left. I was like, look, this idea that China could invade Taiwan within five years this is probably the first time I'd say that's plausible, but I don't know. That's, that's going to be the case. And the person was like, yeah, this uh, Naval commander, user pack commander, whatever it is, agrees with you. And they said this, I think it was a Naval captain. It wasn't user pack commander. So anyway, when I joined the army in like the late nineties, I was in user pack U S army Pacific in Hawaii in Schofield barracks. I didn't know shit about intelligence or went on in the world. But one thing I remember from them was the thing was China and it wasn't the only thing. There were terrorist groups I learned about, like Abu Sayyaf in the Philippines, but China was the big thing, more than Russia. And I think it was probably because of Taiwan, because everybody's fear. But a couple of times it was said down there with a couple of different commanders, they're probably going to invade Taiwan within five years. So that statement's been floating around. No, I'm not saying it's not going to happen or it won't happen this year, but I don't think it's likely. In fact... I would argue it's more likely to happen in 20 or 25 years than the next five. I'm probably wrong. I mean, we'll see. But there's ways they've been doing things. They played the persuasion game for a long time. And now they're doing coercion. Those flyovers, flying over when we're not there, making it look like a big deal. Recently, they cut off a U.S. warship. Those are coercion efforts. Okay, some of those activities have got you shot 50 years ago, but we don't play that game no more because we're pussies. So... They're testing their boundaries. Are they going to do it while we're in Ukraine so we can have a war on two fronts? No, that would have already happened. That's not likely scenario. They're using this Ukraine opportunity to see how we react to everything as well as the West. Because even though Taiwan ain't a NATO thing, a lot of NATO members are in the AO. So, and it's also a UN issue. So it's kind of trying to figure out what we're doing. There's still steps away from all that warfare. Doesn't mean they can't do it right away, but they put so much effort stuff into the intelligence thing, they're more likely to go the persuasion route mixed in with the coercion. Like I said, when I did the one on uh, China, Taiwan, the intel perspective, I think is what it was called. Go listen to that again. One of the things I mentioned was a possibility to be like, hey, you know what's about to happen? You know what we've been doing? Peaceful transition being in your best interests. It's more likely that they'll go that route mixing these different things, trying to make that happen. Now, now, that's not to say to make this an argument about whether or not they do that, but to point out that they play the long game. People always talk about Russia. They play the long game. Their national pastime is just, yeah, whatever. They've been playing checkers for a fucking while. China does not, though. China plays the long game. I told you about, as much as I could, about one of the Chinese 
chicks that got sent to the colleges in California where they're always sending the MSS officers, how they do lifelong missions. And she did a lifelong mission that really fucked up the agency. That's the kind of shit they do. They're the legit strategists in the long-term game. And then with the things their president's been doing, when he took the last guy he replaced and had him pulled out publicly, it was a signal that he's probably switching more towards a more authoritarian regime. He's probably switching it or working to switching it more to a one-man show, even with the other governments, kind of like the whole Mao, when Mao was in charge, probably something along those lines. We might see more craziness happen there. And it's easy for him to do because, one, he he's waited, just like the government before him did when they were doing stuff, they waited, they were patient, and put effort into the long game, and they're throwing a lot of stuff into this intelligence. Just the intelligence piece I'm talking about. All this other stuff's true, too. But I'm, I mean, it, I could go into other stuff, but just the intelligence piece is really the backbone of the whole thing. Then they're getting all this more advancement in technology stuff, and a lot of it's paying off because they're not even paying for it. They're stealing it. So that helps them, too. Then, just like I described, this, they have their gloves off, but just like what happened is the one example of France, but what they're doing with us is, their biggest threat, especially military and intelligence-wise, is the United States. So what do they do? They just wait till we're distracted. The only way they would realistically try to do something with Taiwan would be if we were in Ukraine fighting. But even then, it probably wouldn't happen because if we were in Ukraine fighting, just the United States, it'd already be over. That's clear at this point. I don't think there's anybody out there that's been, a, that's been alive long enough to speak that has seen anything about how we fought wars in the Middle East and looks at Ukraine and Russia and goes, yeah, if we went in there, it'd be over fast. It would be. Because just air power alone, we would just wipe Russian fuckers out and then throw in massive amount of troops and we just kick their asses out of there. Now, we don't do that. I've talked about it before. Why? That's such a huge fucking deal. But that is what it would take probably for them to try and pull Taiwan. They don't want conflict with us. The other thing, too, is we're close trading partners. Okay, we're not buddies like that with Russia. And they're not the buddies with Russia people paying them to be. Like, they're secretly pulling Putin strings. That's not how that game is played at all. They are powerful, but they're taking their time, and they're being patient. And they're, they're being reckless, and then sometimes they're being smart. But this is how their espionage works. This is why they don't have those constraints. This is why they've had those successes. They got to put 20 solid years into this solely focusing not just on western nations but most of that focus on the united states while the united states with a little bit of western nation help played global war on terrorism for 20 years which wasn't wrong to do that was our priority and this is what it has cost us that is to say am i suggesting that if a bunch of dudes didn't hijack planes and fly them in the tower and none of that ever happened we wouldn't be at this point yeah absolutely unless something else would have happened absolutely and remember, even though I said they're changing some of the games they're playing, a lot of the stuff they put into place, especially just the waterway going over in Africa, as an example, to the Middle East, all the minerals and mines they own. I mean, they own a lot of the lithium mines that goes into the batteries and stuff we use. But they created systems of debt. Even when they stop doing that, they have a retarded amount of money coming in. They have money coming in they can turn around and put out. Or just like I talked about previously on a podcast. You know, well, they're selling weapons to Russia. No, they're selling back Russian weapons to Russia. They bought from Russia as a favor to Russia to give them money, and then they sold them back at a higher price. They know what they're doing. They're getting better at it. Even though they do a lot of stuff based on a century-old strategy, and some of that might even be older and could be old ancient Eastern wisdom for all I know, 
But some of the stuff is highly advanced, and we're discovering it just like with that balloon, probably far more advanced than what we are. And I don't think war is really our concern. It could happen, of course, with China, but the things to really pay attention to are things like their surveillance and espionage and what it's developing into with trade and what they're doing with it. Because why go to war with us if they can just beat us financially, right? In this country, we don't pay attention to anything serious. Most of the dumb shit out there on social media and the news is stupid. It's the minority getting pushed as the fake majority by the media that aren't serious issues, that are detracting from anything that matters for people in power to get elected. Or so we think because, oh, crack my neck. I should probably do another podcast on this, but just to throw this out here. Remember the whole Russian collusion thing? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back on that one. But there's a shit ton of truth, almost complete and total truth, about the idea of them buying ads and stuff on Facebook and social media. And the thing was, they weren't necessarily supporting President Trump. They'd play both sides. They'd play wherever it was just to watch the world burn to see us cause chaos. The thing is, China does it too. They have tons of money to do that. I mean, they have some of the biggest websites in the world to sell stuff. Plus, they have TikTok. And they see on, what do they see on TikTok? Other facial recognition. People talk about this stuff on there. And all they have to do is do targeted ads, right? So they can be for and against the president, for and against any idea just to cause chaos in the United States. There's been tracked tons of information on social justice bullshit that people praise, that support it and hate it, that are against it. That was never actually created by the way people think it was created. It was created by foreign powers that do targeted ads in areas where they know that's going to work. We know this will be supported or hated in this area, and this is reaction is probably going to get... How do they know how that works? Well, you know, development of AI, people have talked about what that can do, but also just standard analysis and predictive analysis, open source information, and real intelligence professionals. You can figure that stuff out. Then there's just add-in trial and error. There's a lot of that stuff that happens too. And it gives them not only information and information to work with, and some of it's useless, but it also gives them a cheap and easy way to cause chaos. In a nation, they're trying to distract that is increasingly under an issue of financial stability. And let's say our economy does crash, or let's say the dollar crashes, or some of these things people are talking about happen sometime soon, the next few years. Then it'd be the next few years after, after that, if we don't recover, you'd want to see what China does, because that's when they make their next move. But why go to war with us? They can set up trade deals and make money. They've already got their money, along with several other people's, listed as a world reserve currency. And then they're working with the BRICS nations. There's a whole lot of economic stuff there. That's how they beat us. They don't need to go to war with us. This is why, this is why they're not going to go into Taiwan with the Ukraine thing going on. It would be stupid. It would be against everything they've done and be contrary to everything and every way they've done it for almost 30 years. It makes no sense. It's a guaranteed lose. And the only chance would be if we were in Ukraine and for some reason got stuck in there, which would basically be like a nuclear war or something. And nobody's going to take that risk. That's why Taiwan's not happening right now. I mean, again, you know, anything can happen, but no. This is the game they play. This is Chinese espionage. This is where it's different. This is why it matters. This is what got us to the point we are now. These are the things that matter and the things you look for, not political arguments over who owes who money or who gave who money or who has a secret account or a special laptop or whether or not he... Some of that stuff's legit and probably needs looked into, but that does not by any means even come close to explaining all this stuff that's gone on, none of it. 